This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, May 17th. Brought to you by the American Association of Crop Insurers. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Farmers are playing catch-up on corn. Farmers have made significant progress in planting corn over the past week, but remain well behind the pace in many areas. That, according to the USDA's weekly crop progress report, farmers have planted down 49% of the expected 2022 corn crop so far. That's compared to an average pace at this point of 67%. North Dakota farmers have planted just 4% of their expected corn crop. South Dakota growers have planted 31%. Most farmers in the Dakotas, northern Minnesota, and Nebraska will see their crop insurance coverage reduced if they don't get the crop in the ground by May 25th. By the way, nearly 40% of the nation's winter wheat crop is rated poor or very poor. Keep in mind, U.S. grain production, especially critical this year due to the global supply disruptions created by the war in Ukraine. Analysis. Farmers face sharp declines in earnings. Most grain and oilseed farmers will still make a profit this year. That despite soaring input costs, but net cash farm income is likely to fall sharply. That's according to an analysis by economists at Texas A&M University who maintain a database of 489 representative farms across the country. The steep drop in income is due in part to the fact that farmers in 2021 were still getting substantial amounts of ad hoc government assistance. A 3,400-acre Iowa corn and soybean farm that had $1.3 million in net cash income in 2021 will see that drop to 968000 this year, according to the analysis. 2,000-acre Kansas wheat farm will see net cash income drop to 459000 from last year's 618000 A 2,500-acre Georgia cotton operation projected to clear 351000 this year. It's down from 1.3 million last year. Rice growers are in for the roughest year. Ten of the 15 representative rice farms are expected to see losses in 2022. Wheat futures get big bump from the India export ban. India's move over the weekend to shut down wheat exports instituted after a heat wave began taking a toll on farmers there set futures prices in the U.S. soaring yesterday, according to analysts. The Kansas City July contract for hard red winter wheat closed at 13.52 a bushel yesterday, 70 cents from where it settled on Friday, 12.82. The Indian ban is not total, still letting some grain out of the four contracts that were already signed for, quote, food security reasons. But Donna Hughes, a senior risk management consultant at StoneX, said it was enough to send wheat futures prices up the limit. The Indian ban, quote, took a lot of wheat that the market was looking at the world market, according to Jack Scoville, vice president of the Price Futures Group, who noted that the July contract for spring wheat in the Minneapolis Grain Exchange also closed limit up yesterday at 13.85 a bushel. Vilsack complains to EU about produce trade troubles. U.S. shipments of fruits and vegetables to Europe are being delayed or even denied over what U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack calls, quote, 
inconsistent applications of health certificates under new pesticide maximum residue level regulations in the European Union. Vilsack said he complained to EU Agriculture Commissioner Janice Wojciechowski in a discussion on the sidelines of a G7 summit in Germany, but he also stressed that it was an overall, quote, positive conversation. Vilsack also brought up the issue regarding apples and pears, specifically with Poland's Ag Minister. Vilsack was in Poland after the G7 summit. NRCS proposes changes to Conservation Handbook. The Natural Resources Conservation Service plans to make changes to its National Handbook of Conservation Practices with an eye towards soil carbon sequestration. The soil carbon amendment practice, for example, would support the application of biocar compost and other state-approved carbon amendments, for example, harvested aquatic plant biomass, biogas distillate residue to increase soil carbon sequestration and improve soil health on all land uses, NRCS said in a federal registered notice published today. Under feed management, the purpose for air quality has been expanded to include ammonia, volatile organic compounds, greenhouse gases, and dust. For constructed wetlands, changes have been made, quote, to clarify that the practice can be used to treat tile drainage outflow, NRCS said. Under forest stand improvements, new considerations for the use of biomass for bioenergy, renewable energy production, or biocar were added. Comments will be considered for 30 days. White House continues working on infant formula shortages. The White House is continuing to work with four major infant formula manufacturers, Reckitt, Abbott, Nestle Gerber, and Pergo, to identify transportation, logistical, and supplier hurdles to increasing production of formula at their U.S. and FDA-approved facilities, a White House official said. The administration also is seeking, quote, to expand the amount and speed of FDA-approved formula being shipped into the country and ensure that formula is quickly moving to retailers from factories, the official said. The largest production facility in the U.S. has been shut down since February after some infants were hospitalized and two died due to bacterial contamination. Abbott said it has reached an agreement with FDA to reopen the Sturgis, Michigan facility and push back against claims that its formula had caused the illnesses. After a thorough investigation by FDA, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and Abbott, and review of all available data, there is no conclusive evidence to link Abbott's formulas to these infant illnesses, the company said. Well, in addition, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack said yesterday he has to breach the subject of increasing U.S. imports of infant formula with his Canadian counterpart under USMCA, but stressed that it's certainly something we should have a conversation about. Obviously, we're all concerned about the moms and dads that are relying on infant formula and are stressed about adequate supply, he added. Here's today's He Said It. I have worked with Alexis for over 15 years and know the industry appreciates her experience and understanding of the agriculture community and trade issues. 
That's the word of Chandler Gould, National Association of Wheat Growers CEO, on the nomination of Alexis Taylor to be Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture Affairs. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, May 17th, brought to you by the American Association of Crop Insurers. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.